Hey guys, Taylor here. This week you guys will be getting two episodes. One right now where Sam and I discuss the Oscars and talk about what we think will win and what should win. Then this Thursday we will be revealing our top 10 favorite movies of the year and our bottom five least favorites too. Alright, enjoy the episode and we'll see you guys again this Thursday. Gentlemen, welcome to the Red Carpet Dr. Script Show, where we're talking about the best movies of 2018 and how they aren't as good as we thought they were. (laughs) (laughs) My co-host tonight, Dr. Sam. It's good to be here. Uh, Please, you can stop taking photos now. Hey, Scarlett Johansson. Oh. Isn't it great to hand out the sound mixing award? <laughs> oh, banter, banter. <laughs> oh. Uh, but yeah, this is honestly one of my favorite times of the year is Oscar season because I love good movies. I think most people would agree that they love good movies. Uh, hot take here. I hate good movies. I, I love bad movies. That's why, That's why I, you love Solo. Yeah, Solo, oh favorite Best film of the year. year. It got snubbed, absolutely. I, God. It got VFX. Oh, God, yeah, I actually did get something. Yeah. <laughs> Shows you what's wrong with the Academy, man. But no, usually my tastes and the Academy's tastes fall in line pretty easily. I know a lot of people are like, oh, Oscars don't know what they're doing. But, like, whenever I see that, I'm like, they get it right most of the time. They There's one nominee for Best Picture that's in my top five, I think. Of this year? Yeah, but all the other ones are, like... In the top 20 range. Okay, yeah. I would agree with that, too. Like, my the films that I have ranked aren't in my top 10 for this year, mm-hmm. I would say. But, like, in general, I agree these are good movies. Uh, so just a quick lowdown of what we're doing today. We're going to go through all, or not all, some of the categories of the Oscars today. What give you our opinions of what we think will win. What, if you're doing a pool, what you should do. Mm-hmm. And then we'll go through our top 10 lists of the year, like our favorite movies, and then our bottom five Ooh. movies that we strongly disliked. Should have been nominated those Razzies. Yeah. Oh, God, Razzies. So, yeah, we're going to do that. We're going to go through the main categories of lead actress, lead actor, best director, and best picture. Mm-hmm. And then we'll go like quickly about the other sort of uh, categories. And if you want to look at our description right now, it has time codes so you, know, so you can jump around to whatever you want to listen to. And yeah, so Sam, 2018, how were the movies? The movies were very good. Uh-huh. I honestly was very pleasantly surprised. I do a list every year and I post it on Facebook. And I do an A, B, C, D, F scale. Okay. And I watched 46 movies, and 42 of them were C or above, which means they were at least decent. And yeah, and then there were four that were not so good, and then my bottom five will include the worst of the C range. Okay. Uh, But it didn't have as many A movies as I had last year, so all of the movies, most of them were just fine. Most of them were just solid efforts. But there were just there were six that really that really blew my blew my mind. Okay. Uh, I mean, how did you feel about 2018 in the year of movies? 2018, I would say, was a very good year for movies in general. My top ten, I would rewatch again in a heartbeat. Mm-hmm. Uh, my bottom five, I will have to rewatch for the podcast. <laughs> 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 and it was good. I really there. There's only a handful of movies that I strongly disliked this year. Yeah. And overall, I I thought it was a good year so many upcoming directors like 
Bo Burnham. Like, mm-hmm. how crazy is that that he it, started on YouTube and now is like let's do a very this, respected uh, director? Like comedy specials when he was 20 years old and now he's like an acclaimed director. Like, he's nominated for DGA awards and stuff. Uh, and you got Boots Riley, who's like a music, like a rapper turned director. And oh, I mean, with Bo Burnham too, like, Obama does a top 10 films of the year yeah and eighth grade was on that yeah how crazy is that that <laughs> youtuber bo burnham is now on it's, ex-president's uh top 10 movies of the year he's a presidential favorite <laughs> crazy i'm sure it was sasha malia uh showed him bo burnham's like hey i really like that uh that kid with the with the vines yeah <laughs> it's good stuff <laughs> i can't do it Obama. it's okay no one can really do a good obama <laughs> except obama yes but yeah, overall, really fun films, interesting stuff that came out, good. Overall, I would say it's a pretty good year, and mm-hmm. we got some stuff to talk about. Yes. So, Led, do you want to just dive into the categories? Yeah, let's jump into it. We're going to start with lead actor, or also known as best actor. We got Christian Bale for Vice, Bradley Cooper for A Star is Born, Willem Dafoe in An Eternity Gate, Rami Malek for Bohemian Rhapsody, and Viggo Mortensen for Green Book. So, uh, how many of these movies have you seen, or the performances at least, that you think are your favorites? Hmm. My favorites, I'd probably go Christian Bale, mm-hmm. but I also have not seen some of these movies uh, where I feel like I could give a good opinion on it. So I will probably say what you, if you are doing an Oscar pool, what to vote on. Uh, what did you think? I, I, I think the same thing. Christian Bale, like, I, when I saw Vice, that blew my mind. That was a great... It's a divisive movie, but a really great performance at the center of it. And, yeah, I would agree that I would pick Christian Bale. I think in an Oscar pool, you've got a real dead heat between Christian Bale and Rami Malek. Because Rami Malek's got the support of... He won the SAG Award and he won the Golden Globe. Mm. Whereas Christian Bale has won a bunch of Critics' Awards and he won the Critics' Choice Award. And he won the other Golden Globe. Okay. So like, you know how it's separating drama and comedy. So it's a it's a dead heat between the two. So it depends if you think you're, they're going to go with kind of what they did last year with Gary Oldman, where it was like a prestige performance from like, you know, a guy in a fat suit. <laughs> or if it's they're going to go with the real life person and they're going to pick that as like the performance. Because Bohemian Rhapsody was also a hit or miss movie that not everybody liked, mm-hmm. but everyone agrees that Rami Malek was great. I've heard that and I probably would agree. I mean, he looks like Freddie Frank- Mercury. Yeah, he does. Yeah. Like he embodies that from what I've seen. I just do think Christian Bale is going to win it. So if you are doing an Oscar pool, that's the one I would put down. Just because the Academy likes Christian Bale. He does that crazy gain in weight and loss in weight so fast that people really respect. He's going to die way earlier because (laughs) of that. But, you know, I respect the craft. It's for the craft, yeah. If if for some reason anybody out there saw Vice and just hated it, then Rami Malek is a good backup mm-hmm. option. But I do think Christian Bale is your, the pick here. Well, what do you think of Bradley Cooper also? Bradley Cooper's my sleeper pick. Yeah. If, if, not for the, if these two split the vote and someone pushes their way through, I think it's Bradley Cooper. Because A Star is Born, say what you will about that, he committed so hard in that movie. Like He altered his voice like very specifically. In, not in permanent ways, but nearly permanent ways. Like... That was crazy. Yeah, and I mean, it's crazy that he's able to do that with his voice. Like, if you look at uh, Rocket Raccoon, like, I mean, I didn't, if I didn't know that was Bradley Cooper, I would not have guessed that was Bradley Cooper. Yeah. I'm surprised Star is Born is not getting as much hype going into it. Because it, it, it burned out all its hype so early on, because it was released in October. Yeah. And so I think everybody went to go see it. They loved it. They're like, this is going to be the Oscar movie. And then everyone just, like, it went too big too soon. 
So it's still got a lot of nominations, but I think people just aren't focusing on it anymore. Yeah, just like going back to October, I definitely would have been like, oh yeah, like Bradley Cooper is probably a locked, like Lady Gaga is probably a locked. Best picture, definitely. But okay, yeah, so I think we're in agreement with Vice or Rami Malik. Yep, sorry. Yeah, and Willem Dafoe and Viggo Mortensen are just happy to be there. I feel Willem Dafoe is going to get it one of these years. I mean, if there's like a, an extra sleeper pick, it would be Willem Dafoe just to be like, I'm sorry we screwed you over with the, the Florida Project. Like, this is your Lifetime Achievement Award. Mm-hmm. Uh, Viggo Mortensen is here because everybody liked Green Book. Yeah. Like, it, performance was still good, but like, yeah. <laughs> He's there because of that. Okay, good on them. Will Defoe will be like the Gary Oldman last year. Oh yeah, eventually where it'll be like, all right, he's been nominated so much. Like, we have to give it to him. And he he can again similar to Christian Bale and Bradley Cooper commits so hard. Mm-hmm. And he did a great job in Aquaman. Like how does he how did he get <laughs> snubbed for that? He wasn't nominated for Aquaman. Yeah, right. God, he committed there. Yep. Uh, all right, best actress. Yes. Do you want to read these off? Yes, for best actress, Lady Gaga for A Star Is Born. Melissa McCarthy for Can You Ever Forgive Me? Olivia Coleman for The Favorite, Yalitza Aparicio for Roma, and Glenn Close for The Wife. So, what are your thoughts here? You, if you're doing a pool, I think Glenn Close is the one to go with yeah. The Wife. She. This is the one where they're going to do the career Oscar win, which her performance was also great in The Wife, mm-hmm. but she's been nominated so many times, had a career for, what, six decades at this point Mm -hmm. that like and she's the only nomination for the wife it seems like the support is like around her for that yep uh dark horse is lady gaga i don't even know if she's the dark horse i would put her definitely as the number two i think dark horse is the woman from roma Uh, and i think yeah i think statistically too there's a way for her to win that also i think so because a lot of times the academy really likes to go for the young ingenue as their pick and the, the Academy loved Roma. Like, yeah. the only category that it missed out on that it, like, was expected to was editing. It even made it into the sound categories. Like, indie movies and, like, dramas don't get, like, the craft categories. So they really love it. So I do see that that could happen. Another surprise one could be is Olivia Coleman. Mm-hmm. That people are a little, don't know how to categorize the favorite. Like, where the actresses, who's the real lead, who's the supporting. Yeah. But I think everyone agreed that they loved Olivia Coleman in that movie when they saw it. So I think she has the support of, if the favorite needs to win something, I could see it winning here, because I don't think it's got, I don't know if it's going to win any of the other categories that it's up for. Maybe some of the craft, maybe costume or something. Yeah, I would say costume design, I'm sure it's nominated for that. Is it nominated for, like, screenplays or anything? I think it is screenplay, but I I have a feeling that original screenplay is going to go to Green Book. Okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it is nominated for original screenplay, and Green Book is nominated for that, too. Yeah. Okay, eh, well... But, in this case, Melissa McCarthy, just happy to be there. Yeah, I mean, no one really saw Can You Ever Forgive Me. I did. You did? And we'll talk about it later. Oh, okay. Uh, but I, I love Can You Ever Forgive Me. I thought it was a really good movie. I was interested to see it. I just literally couldn't find a th- movie theater for it. Yeah, it played, in at least in L.A., it played the beginning of its run, and then when it expanded, for whatever reason, it left L.A. So, like, when it started playing, like, a couple hundred theaters, they just, like, I guess assumed that everyone in L.A. had seen it. Okay, yeah, interesting. But I really like Can You Ever Forgive Me. I actually saw it twice. Oh, wow. Yeah. Damn, okay. All right, if you're doing a pool, I would say Glenn Close is the one to go with. Lady Gaga isn't a terrible pick, and if you're, like, down in the count, need to some votes to come back. If you're doing, you know how in uh, March Madness you have, like, oh, this is my prediction. Mm-hmm. This is like, this is my crazy prediction yeah. one. I would put the woman from uh, Roma. Yeah, 
I, yeah, I think yeah. the order is probably Glenn Close, Lady Gaga, Olivia Coleman, uh, Yalitza Aparicio, and then Melissa McCarthy. But if you're going to go for like the crazy pick, like the the Hail Mary that is still a chance, you could pick the Yalitza Aparicio. For so you Roma. think Olivia Coleman has a better shot than the other two? I've, I, at least online, because I follow like things like Gold Derby and like a lot of award stuff, and uh-huh. there's there's a big contingency uh, building behind Olivia Coleman. Okay, and she's also going to be on the next season of The Crown as the lead, and like her stars rising. You know, like her star is born, uh, if you will, and I, I really think that she uh, that she could have a groundswell of support, especially if people are like, oh, I don't want to vote for just a cat, you know, a uh, a career nomination, and there a bunch of people are like, I didn't actually like Lady Gaga in that movie. I could see her coming through similarly to how I re- uh, talked about Bradley Cooper. If the two of them split the vote, I could see Olivia Coleman shining through, or if they're going to do the Academy rewarding young people. Uh, I could see Yulisa Parisio getting in, but that's just my opinion. I think Glenn Close is probably the safest pick. Yeah, no, I agree. All right, should we move on to directors now? Yes, best director. All right, we got Spike Lee for Black Klansman, Alfonso Cuaron for Roma, Adam McKay for Vice, Yorgos Lamisia? Uh, Lanthimos. Le- oh, that. Yorgos Lanthimos for the favorite. And then Pavel... Uh, I'll do this, yeah. Uh, Pavel... Uh, Pablikowski. Oh, I'm not good at this one either. For Cold War. Yep. Sorry. Sorry, Pablikowski. That's okay. Uh, but that's the that's honestly the most surprising nomination I think that happened oh, on Oscar yes. Day. I completely agree. Because most people did not see Cold War. I we work in film and everything. I didn't even know Cold War was a movie. I had no idea that it was well liked or anything. I knew it was the second place for foreign language film behind Roma, but. In, in a year where Roma doesn't exist, Cold War would have, like, run away with the foreign language picture, probably. Okay. But because we live in a, a world that Roma came out this year. Uh, sorry, Pavel. <laughs> uh, but I I think we probably have a similar idea that it's probably going to Alfonso Cuaron. Yeah. I'm gonna... Are, do... Is it time to talk about it? Well, yeah. All right. I wasn't the biggest fan of Roma. I thought it was pretty boring and very just lackluster. I was very underwhelmed, but the thing I have to give it credit for is that it is really directed well. Like Mm -hmm. the camera's always moving. The shots are really nice. They're really smartly laid out. And so I do think Alfonso Cuaron has done his job. Like he did the best. He did an extremely great job with everything. And he was the only reason why I was like paying attention to the (laughs) I was, he was the only reason why I was paying attention. Mm -hmm. So I think he deserves it. Roma as a whole, I don't, but we'll get into that more later. Yeah. We had the same idea of director, because I thought Roma was great, uh, and Alfonso Cuaron made it so specifically his own, like, his movie, this was, like, very much a director's, like, a director's dream, that I think he deserves it, and he will most likely win. Uh, do you have any, like, backup pick, or, like, a Dark Horse candidate? Uh, I mean... Maybe Spike Lee or Adam McCabe, but like that is pretty dark horse. I feel like like yeah. I would maybe edge Spike Lee a bit more than Adam McCabe just because of the film that they made. Yeah, I think Spike Lee, similar to Glenn Close, has like the career achievement award. Yeah. going for him because he's this is the first time he's been nominated for best director. Oh really? He's only ever been nominated twice before. One was for the screenplay for Do the Right Thing. And what was for a documentary, like, ten years ago? Wow. So the Academy's just ignored Spike Lee for years, and they finally put him in these categories. I could see if they're like, we already gave Alfonso his director Oscar, we could give this one to Spike Lee. Because 
Black Klansman's a, a hit or miss movie. Uh, I liked it a lot, mm-hmm. but you can't say that that's not like his vehicle. Like that's that's a Spike Lee movie right there. No, I I would agree with that. I don't. I, I can't. I can't pick Adam McKay. I lo- he's honestly one of my favorite directors. But Vice was all over the place, man. We'll, we'll talk about Vice later. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not disagreeing with that, but I think it had a really like interesting idea. Is Vice ed- uh, nominated for editing? Uh, yes, it is. Okay, I thought the editing was really well on that. I think it's gonna win editing. Really good. Yeah. Um, uh, and then there's Yorgos Lanthimos, who is he's good. He's in for the favorite. Uh, I think he was not expected to be nominated. Which is, you know, good good to see him uh, included. And then Pavel uh, Pavlikovsky for Cold War. Uh, very out of nowhere. Uh, there, there was actually a strong uh, push for him online. Uh-huh. Uh, a lot of people who saw the movie were like, you can't ignore this movie because it's, it's also similar to Roma, very specifically his movie. Hmm. And so I could see that there's like the small faction of people that put him in first place. Because the Oscars have a weird voting system, mm-hmm. oh, and yeah. okay. it's it's mostly based on first place votes. So I think something like Bradley Cooper for A Star Is Born or Peter Farrelly for Green Book didn't have enough first place votes that Cold War like just put just was able to push it over the edge because of how many people loved it. I am shocked that Bradley Cooper was not nominated for this. I definitely think he got snubbed. Yeah, and maybe it is that they were with Star Is Born. They just came out too soon, but. Yeah, with Star is Born, I say what you will about the movie, but again, I think it was super well directed and like it was it was really good. And I think that he does deserve to be in contention here. My biggest not like snub, but because no one really wanted it, was uh, Marielle Heller for Can You Ever Forgive Me? Okay, I thought she did a great job on that, and she should be included in here. But obviously, her movie didn't pick up enough momentum beyond the acting categories and the screenplay. It just was. It just did such a good job of like balancing this two character situation that even if it wasn't nominated for best picture, I just thought she handled that movie very well. And it's one of those things that like, if Cold War can make it in, why can't? Why can't? Can you ever forgive me? Make it in here. That does suck about Can You Ever Forgive Me? Because I remember seeing trailers for it and being like, all right, yeah, I'm down to see it. And Nowhere. It was like, if you want to see a Melissa McCarthy movie, go see, uh, what's the college movie? Back at it. Oh, uh, well, we'll talk about that one later. <laughs> but yeah, and it's also kind of cool to see so many, like, foreign directors included in here. Yeah. Because the last time I think there were two foreign language up for best director was, like, the 70s. Really? Yeah. Jeez. Seeing Cold War and Roma in here is, is good. It's good yeah. to see. I also just want to put that I think Alfonso Caron earned his directing Academy Award more in Gravity than he would in Roma. Because gravity is just way more like, all right, this is what we're going to do. We're going to make the audience ride and stuff. Yeah. And he still did a good job here, but I definitely think, like, he should be more proud of the gravity one than yeah. Romo. And if he, yeah, since he did win the award, I would be fine seeing Spike Lee get it, too. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we going on to the main one Let's do today. the main event. All right. We're doing the best picture. Oh, man. We got a couple nominees here. We got Black Panther... Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, Roma, A Star is Born, and Vice. All right, so before we do some picks, what are your thoughts on the eight films that were chosen for this category? Uh, I'm a little surprised that Bohemian Rhapsody, that's it, being nominated. That's the only yeah. thing I'm really shocked about. Black Panther, like, I get why it's nominated and everything. Do I think it's one of the top eight best pictures of the year? Probably not. Nah, what do you think? I agree because Bohemian Rhapsody, if you asked me back in November, is this going to be nominated for Best Picture? 
I was going to be like, no, probably Rami Malek and maybe this, like, the sound. Mm-hmm. And then if the award season, like, hadn't kicked off and, like, it got nominated for uh, Golden Globes and won and then SAG Awards and all this other stuff that the industry really likes it, I would not have put it in my prediction center. But online, I did. I have a pool thing online, and I did put it in there, and I, that was a smart move. Because, yeah, it's it's such a divisive movie, apparently. Well, it is, but that's more because of uh, the off-camera stuff yeah. with uh, the director and everything, which we can go into. I don't think we need to, but... Yeah. I mean, every, every movie that I saw in Best Picture is all in my top 20, so they, they made all good choices. Best choices? Not necessarily, but all very good choices. Yeah. Well, the thing with Best Picture is... I want these movies to be the ones where I'm like, wow, you are changing the film industry. Like, you doing this and stuff, like, went against the norm, and for now we're going to learn what this picture did and try and replicate it or, like, take things of why this picture did so well and mm-hmm. make it into other films. Like, how is this the new norm? What do you think of these uh, films? Like, how are, how are these game-changing films that... I think there's a, there's a way of making... Sometimes they pick the game changer, and sometimes they pick the one where it's like, you made the movie. You made the most movie movie you could ever make, and this is the movie. Yeah. Whereas some, where something like Green Book and A Star is Born kind of fit into that category, where it's like, you made the most movie movie you could make, and thanks for movieing this movie. Whereas things like, uh, as much as I said, like Vice and Roma and Black Klansman, and I guess The Favorite, are all like their own weird thing. Like, they just kind of went off in their in their own space and mm-hmm. they're kind of like the, the more of the game changers right well because let's look at the past couple of years with uh best picture so last year we had shape, shape of water. water the year before that it was la la land no oh, it was moonlight <laughs> sir <laughs> sir yeah uh, the year before that was spotlight and birdman was before that okay so let's do those four yeah do you think that those films deserved best picture and how would they stack up to these pictures now I would say The Shape of Water is definitely the most unique of the ones, mm-hmm. and it deserves it for be- for how different it was, because it's a fantasy movie, a weird romance, <laughs> and like partially like a horror movie. I think it deserves to be there to show that this is, the Academy can pick some weird stuff. And yeah. Like, anything can be anything. No, I agree with that. I think it really flips everything on its head, where like... The American people are the bad guys. Like, we're actually rooting for, like, the Russian scientists to get away and, like, help this monster out. And it did, like, take that idea of the American dream, like, with the main villain of, like, this is what you want. You want a nice car and blah, blah, blah. And it definitely is just like, well, no, I don't. I don't like this guy. He's an asshole. Yeah, none of that was actually good. And Um, then... uh, The romance is good, too. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That's the supplemental stuff, please. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, And then there's uh, La La Land Moonlight, Mm -hmm. uh, which Moonlight was, like, the super indie pick. Like, I think that's the one of the Academy being like, hey, you know this thing that, like, costs no money and has not really recognizable names? Like, I don't think anybody would have said Mahershala Ali is, like the next big thing no. until that movie came out. Yep, I completely agree with that. I'd be like, yeah, the guy from uh, House of Cards, he's he's good as Remy. And that's <laughs> it. <laughs> uh, and I think it did deserve it for that reason. Again, it was in my top, like, ten of that year, but not my favorite. Mm-hmm. But I do think it deserved it for what it did for, for cinema. Yeah. And I didn't see Moonlight, but La La Land, I definitely thought, you know, that it's a new version of uh, Singing in the Rain, yeah. in a way. Like, it's these guys trying to make it in the industry, 
there it's very like pro Hollywood like yeah stick with it it's your dream and stuff like that yeah. it sort of does talk about like how success in this industry can get to your head or like what it takes to do it and the dancing was freaking great <laughs> the songs I really liked too like the John Legend song yeah like, that, was dude, that was great yeah I agree and then uh, Spotlight felt more like an Academy movie yeah I did like it a lot it was also one of my favorite movies but it was very much alright here's the story here's how it goes and like that kind of was what it was whereas the other options that year were things like The Revenant and The Big Short and other things that I think would have been better game changers mm-hmm but it was a really good movie and stuck to kind of like a, a, a traditional Academy formula. So I don't fault it for that reasons, but like the Revenant's not, not necessarily my cup of tea, but like seeing an action movie, like win best picture would have been crazy. Yeah, I know. I would say spotlight is one that I disagree with. I would have liked to see the big short. I think that's also the Mad Max year too, right? Was spotlight? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I want to say that is I'll quickly fact check that, but Cause yeah. then also like, Mad Max one that would have been so cool like a franchise movie that was so unique and told like a very simple story but like in a complex way that also could have been great I think yeah I mean I probably actually would have put Mad Max over Big Short now thinking about it because that one is more of a game changer with action and everything like they did all that stuff you know it's crazy and it's practical and that's what people want to see if if you want to keep Spotlight as the the best picture winner I know uh, Alejandro Inarritu won for The Revenant for Best Director, but like maybe give it to George Miller for Mad Max because that's I think that's the real way to show that it's a game changer that you give it a, such a craft category to something that seems so commercial. Yeah. So that year it was The Big Short, Bridge of Spies, Brooklyn, Mad Max, The Martian, The Revenant, Room, and Spotlight. What an eclectic group of movies. Yeah. <laughs> I would have given that to Mad Max, to be honest. Like, I think that one is more of a game changer. Yeah. Um, I mean, the year before that was Birdman, I think. And I think that deserved to win, too. That was my favorite movie of that year. I, there's, there's, in the, in the film world, and especially that year, there was the, the, the debate between Birdman and Boyhood, because those were the two that were fighting each other. Mm-hmm. And I would have picked Boyhood, because I think, I do genuinely think it's a different way of telling a story to literally in real time tell this story it's a gimmick it's for sure a gimmick and does not should not be replicated for all movies (laughs) but i think it's such a it's it would be such a recognition of commitment and like going beyond to to tell a story even if it's this simple one doing so much work and so much effort and so much time and life put into making this movie so i would have preferred to see that one win personally i i respect both like i get it they both were very big achievements in film and everything I thought Birdman was more of a, like, psychological... Where you're always questioning if this guy is sane or not. Yeah. And the camera work was great in that, too. Performances were great. Mm. I I liked Boyhood. Uh, It was gimmicky, and I felt like the last act was very, like, meh. Yeah, they they turned turned the kid into such a little pretentious prick by the end, which I was fine with because... Yeah, a lot of fucking teenagers are pretentious little pricks <laughs> when they go to college. So I gave it a pass for that because it it felt so realistic. And like I know a lot of people like I don't want to watch real life when I do that, but it was a, it was a good to see a dramatized real life at least for me. But I do think Birdman is not a bad choice. I do think that putting that in there, doing a movie that's about Broadway and about like insanity and doing these crazy things, definitely showed that like cinema can change and like you can do so much more with it and to put to put people into a headspace 
where it could be experimental and uh, broad-reaching. All right. Well, let's get back and talk about these nominees for Best yes. Picture this year. Uh, we'll just go through them again. It's Black Panther, Black Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, Roma, A Star is Born, and Vice. So, uh, if I'm picking four people, mm-hmm. I think your best bet is probably Roma. And I would agree with that, but I don't think Roma is the best picture so of the year. Roma would also be my pick for should win and for would uh, should win and will win because I I do think Roma, in my opinion, was the best movie of the year, and it was made in such like a a wonderful like way that I know that's in the director category, but I think the story that it told overall was like so effective in my opinion at least. Okay, so convince me that Roma is a good movie besides the direction and everything because my problems with it were that and I'm I, I'm willing to hear yeah. people out for this because I just maybe I don't understand it as much the direction is great but everything else I thought was very lackluster mm-hmm. I thought they didn't focus on the most interesting parts of like all right, this husband's... Ha- uh, spoilers for Roma. <laughs> this husband's having an affair. You showed me three different emphases that she, he's having an affair, but you don't do anything about it. The mom is a drunk and crashes the car once. Yeah. And then, that, the, okay, the woman's pregnant and has a miscarriage. Or not miscarriage, sorry, is stillborn, which blows. But then after that, like, I felt like no- nothing was happening besides pretty shots. So, I don't want to be that guy, but I want to say that's the point. Because okay. uh, it... It, for me, it felt like, and sometimes this doesn't work. Mm-hmm. It really does come down to like how to make it happen. It was a series of paintings to tell a time, a time in life and a time in history. Uh-huh. And I know a series of paintings doesn't sound like the most interesting thing, and it really isn't. I think we, I think we both saw the same thing and just felt differently about it because I liked all the weird touches that it did. That it like went to these more episodic places where you didn't see like specific resolutions for everything. You saw chunks of everything that like led to certain moments, like the they go to have a, a New Year's party at this one house, and that never comes up again. But you get to see that the matriarch of the family she's getting hit on by like family friends, and like everyone openly knows that the husband's having an affair, and you know the guy that hit on her never comes back. Right. But you still get to see her loneliness through that, and you get to see the maid show up and like see that happening, and she just knows, and they're just not allowed to talk about it. Uh, the stuff with, like, the the kid listening in on his mom's phone call, and she just, like, decks him and then immediately, like, like shudders back. That never comes back in. Like, there's yeah. no, you know, relationship trouble. It's just, it just is a mother and son, like, going through the motions. I know for a lot of, it's a similar way to how I like boyhood, because it just, a lot of these vignettes come together to tell a cohesive story, mm-hmm. even if the individual parts don't add up to anything larger, specifically. So I I'm, I don't think I'm going to be able to convince you that it's good because of those reasons. I think I'm just going to be able to tell you like why it worked for me. Okay, so it is mostly just the mundaneness of life in general, and that it was shot really well. It was shot or? really well. It made the mundanity of life feel. I felt more connected to it. Like uh-huh. it was interesting seeing these two kids, you know, play bang bang bad guys like on top of, on the roof while she does laundry. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why, but I was super, like, interested in watching these kids play and watching her do laundry. And then they just, like, lie down and they talk about, you know, what it's like to die. To me, that was a really interesting moment, even if it was so simple and, like, not a lot was happening. There are movies that do similar things where they do this slice of life, boring stuff, and it's just not well done. 
So I don't know specifically why this one made me feel that way. Okay. The thing is, like, I was trying to give this movie more credit than it deserved originally. Because I was like, well, I felt like I was giving it a pass because people were telling me, like, no, it's Roma, it's great. And I was like, okay, like, I'm waiting for it to be good. But then I was like, well, if if I'm judging this like any other movie, I would. Like, okay, I don't know the kids at all. They're Mm -hmm. just there. The mom, I feel like, is just there. I guess the main character of the maid sort of goes through an arc, but, like, not really. How does she change besides not—she she didn't want the baby, right? Uh, yeah, she, she never wanted the baby, and yeah. then she ends up having the stillborn, and then it just—it all that's part of what is a, go, a good story to me is that the thing that she didn't want still ends up hurting her so much that she didn't get it. Yeah, and I will say that stillborn scene— it's probably one of the most, if not the most, fucked up scene I've seen this year. Yeah. It's that protocol to, like, have a stillborn kid and then the doctors give that kid back? This Is that, like, a thing? They're allowed or? to... The, the mother is allowed to ask, uh, to say, I would like to hold my baby. Did did she ask? She Yeah, she did. They okay, said, would okay. you like to hold the baby? And she okay. nods. I... Never mind that, because I thought it was just like, here's your stillborn. No. It's like the head is moving everywhere. That is, I was a, like, that is a problem with the movie is that there's so much happening in the foreground and background mm-hmm. that if you were like watching the background while they're like holding the baby, you definitely would not have noticed her nodding. So I do understand that that is actually a problem with the movie, that it does try to do too much all at once. Yeah. Because there's so much happening like in the frame, and that's an attempt at good filmmaking, but it, it, that is a problem. So I'll... I'll acknowledge that and dock it for that, but it's still it, I still think it's a great movie. Mm-hmm. For those reasons, the kids, you are right with that. That The kids are all interchangeable, except for the little one who, like, per, like talks about his past lives. Uh, is that the one that's like, oh, I died? Yeah. Or, I thought he was cute. Like, I was like, oh, oh damn, <laughs> that's cute. Like, he thinks he's dead, and now the maid's having a little moment with him, too. But yeah. I just, I felt like nothing was really connected as much. Like, the one thing where I was like, oh, this is a plant and payoff is, like, the dick boyfriend guy. Yeah. He's like, yeah, martial arts is my thing. And then and the then payoff is... The, the, yeah. Which I was like, okay. That... Sure. But... I mean, I, I liked it because, like, again, this, you know, dick boyfriend who, like, has this conviction to do the right thing and then he becomes part of this, like, college student uprising where they riot. And that's a real thing that happened in the Mexico in the 1970s. It was a thing that, like, should have been... Like, if you know Mexican history, mm-hmm. like... I'm sure they, like, knew that that was coming, but then the idea is, like, oh, my God, it, like, this, the signs have been in front of us this whole time that he was going to be responsible for, you know, running into that crib shop or that furniture store and just killing that dude. Yeah, I just... I like the things where they planted a little better and then, like, you see the theme throughout the whole movie. Mm-hmm. Like, what would you say the theme is of Roma? I mean, I, the, I would say the theme is just... It's, like... I don't want to say growing up. It's like acknowledging acknowledging the passage of time and that things change mm-hmm. because and I think that's encapsulated in the maid obviously going through her change where she didn't want to have a baby and then she's just dealt this shitty hand. The wife has to deal with the fact that her husband has always been cheating on her and that she's got to move on from there and so she kind of stays stagnant for a little bit but then she figures out a way to move on and I think the the little boy is the one who encapsulates it the most when he talks about the fact that he had past lives quote unquote where he's like, oh, no, I was dead, and I was also this other person, but things change, and now I'm a little boy. And I think that's, that would be the overall theme, at least for me. Mm-hmm. I'm sure Alfonso Cuaron would probably come back and say, actually, it's about the storybook of life 
doing these other things and like yeah I think there's other things uh, I definitely never fault anybody for not liking Roma because like it's a really hard movie to get into it did feel like a slog for me for a lot of it like I was waiting for stuff to happen and it was just like this scene happened and he knows martial arts and I'm like so cool uh, back to the category. If yeah. you're not going to pick what you think should win as Roma, what do you think should win out of these eight? Uh, should win? I mean, for the times that we're in right now, I think Klansman has, is a lot more relevant to mm-hmm. what's going on and like has an important thing to say. I guess Klansman... And actually, in, in relation to that, that's my sleeper pick for mm-hmm. Best Picture. I think if you don't like Roma or you think that like foreign language films won't win Best Picture... I think your backup option should be Black Klansman. Okay. Not Green Book? Uh, No, not Green Book. And I will tell you why. Okay. Because there are certain categories and prognosticators throughout awards season. Mm -hmm. There are things like the DGA Awards, the SAG Awards, and then all the other categories within the Oscars. Typically, there's only been two movies that have won Best Picture without being nominated for SAG Ensemble. Uh, The first one was Braveheart, and the most recent one was actually uh, The Shape of Water. Okay. And every other movie that won Best Picture for the last 20 years has at least been nominated for SAG Ensemble. The ones that were nominated were Black Panther, uh, Black Klansman, A Star is Born, Bohemian Rhapsody, and Crazy Rich Asians. Mm, so that, that would only allow four of these movies to be selected, but there are exceptions to the rule. Now, it, within the categories of, uh, uh, that are at the Oscars, Best Director, only three movies have ever won Best Picture without even being nominated for Best Director. Mm-hmm. And those were The Grand Hotel in like the 30s, Driving Miss Daisy in 1989, Damn. and Argo in 2012. And currently, the only movies nominated for Best Director are The Favorite, Black Klansman, Vice, and Roma. So the ones that overlap are Black Klansman, and that's it. Another prognosticator is Best Editing. Only two movies in the last 40 years have won Best Picture without being nominated for Best Editing, mm-hmm. which is a very weird yeah. like thing. But uh, it's Ordinary People from 1980 and, uh, and Birdman. But Birdman was designed to look like one continuous shot, so it wasn't... There's, like, no, no real way it was going to get nominated for Best Editing. Right. And the things that are nominated for Best Editing are Bohemian Rhapsody, Black Klansman, Green Book, Vice, and... It's not First Man. It's another one. You were saying for this year? For this year, yeah. Klansman, Bohemian Rhapsody, Green Book, Favorites, and Vice. Oh, the Favorite is in there, too. So yeah. the only one that fits that category, then, and the only ones that like overlap in that way, are Black Klansman and The Favorite, but The Favorite was left out of the SAG Ensemble Award. So all the prognosticators would actually point towards Black Klansman winning, because Roma's actually left out of Best Editing. Hmm. But it could be a similar Birdman point where there's not a lot of editing within Roma. Right. So they could be working on it that way, and it'll be just like the second one to win without best editing. So those are just some some key Oscar facts that if you want to go based on the rules of Oscar, Black Klansman would be the pick if you think there will be no exceptions to the rule this year. I feel like Netflix really wants Roma to win. It's probably spending a lot more money on the campaign and like, oh, look, like watch Roma. And it is a lot easier because it is on Netflix. Watch it from home. It's not a movie you need to see in the theaters. What do you think of Black Panther? Is there a way for that to be the sleeper of this Uh, year? Black Panther is my third pick sleeper. Okay. Because it's, it's too, it's too relevant to ignore. Mm -hmm. Like, and I could totally see the Academy being like, 
we want to be hip and cool with the kids. Yeah. And that would be the perfect, like, opportunity to show that, that you're, like, invested. And Black Panther just won the SAG Ensemble Award, like, won the award. Right. Which means the actors within SAG, which is the largest branch of the Academy, really like Black Panther. So that that's a very, a, an interesting prognosticator as well. Because hmm. a lot of times, half the time, when the SAG Ensemble winner wins Best Picture. Okay. All right. So I would say if you're doing a pool... Do Roma. Mm-hmm. If you're doing your crazy bracket, honestly, I'd probably pick Panther over Klansman. I think probably Klansman is more relevant to what's going on yeah. and has a little more to say. But I think Black Panther is probably the number two slot in overall. Sure. Uh, the other sleeper pick would be Green Book. Okay. Because it just won the Producers Guild Award. Okay. Which ha- has predicted the winner of Best Picture 80% of the time. Mm-hmm. But it did pick the big short two years ago, which very much was not going to win ever. <laughs> And I think it picked. I think it picked La La Land. Uh, so it, it has a tendency, at least recently, to be wrong. Okay. But Green Book, it's the driving Miss Daisy effect. Right. Because it's the exact same thing of a white person and a black person traveling around in a car. And if you want some evidence, uh, Driving Miss Daisy was one of the movies that won Best Picture without having a Best Director mm. nomination. Green Book doesn't have a Best Director, but it does have Best Editing. Okay. So your official... My official pick is Roma, sleeper pick Black Klansman. Okay. I'll go Roma, Black Panther. Cool. Uh, do we just want to sc- scope through all the other ones real quick? Like, uh, uh, Yeah. I mean, uh, Best Supporting Actor, Mahershala Ali is like almost like a lock for that one. Yep. I would uh, agree with that. Sleeper pick Sam Elliott if they want to do the Career Achievement Award. Okay. I agree. Uh, best Supporting Actress is Regina King, uh, most likely for Beale Street Could Talk. Okay. Uh, she has a few dings against her because she wasn't nominated at a few key awards, mm-hmm. but when she is nominated, she wins. Yeah, I feel like if Beale Street Could Talk just came out so recently, too, like, yeah. didn't get the hype till honestly, last week, I feel like. Or, yeah. well, a while ago. I shouldn't say last week. Yeah. This is coming, not coming out. <laughs> and I'd say your sleeper picks for supporting actress are Amy Adams for Vice or Rachel Vice for The Favorite. <laughs> God, what a weird thing. But yeah. <laughs> animated film? Uh, animated film probably going to be Spider-Man with a sleeper of Incredibles 2. I completely agree with you on that. Uh, third sleeper of Isle of Dogs if they're just like we want to we want to stick it to the we want to stick it to these kids in their new fa- newfangled animation. Uh, I don't think that will happen. Yeah, I would say more a, Incredibles 2. That's why it's um, a deeper sleeper. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to quickly go over? Just go over the screenplay really quickly because I like those awards. Just uh, First Reformed, Green Book, Vice, Roma, and The Favorite. Uh, it'll probably go to either the favorite or green book, uh, just because if you're if you're not gonna <laughs> give the favorite like any of these other awards, and similar with green book, you're gonna give it screenplay. It's such a you know inconsequential screenplay. Yeah, no, I would probably put green book on this too, and I am very surprised Roma is on this. <laughs> yeah, Roma. Uh, I I would have put that more for directing than screenplay, but yeah. It's there. Uh, also, but if there is a sweep for Roma, like Roma could totally sweep all the awards, and screenplay could get caught up in that. Mm-hmm. But I think it will go a different way. Okay. Uh, adapted screenplay. <laughs> Somehow, the Ballad of Buster Scruggs is here. Yeah. What? I mean, I liked it, but like, okay, interesting. Uh, cool. Black Klansman. Can you ever forgive me? A Star Is Born and a Beale Street Could Talk. Your best pick is probably Black Klansman, because they're not going to give Spike Lee the directing award, so they'll give it to him here. Yep, I think you're right with that also. I'm very surprised the Star is Born is in this category, because, you know, that was definitely a style movie more than it was a well-written movie. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, and yeah, those are the main ones that I wanted to talk about. 
Cool. Uh, I'm going to sh- give a shout out for film editing and say Vice should get that. Yeah, I, Vice. If we're going to vote for most editing, then definitely Vice. Mm-hmm. It had a lot going on, and say what you will, it the the editing was like super effective. Yep. All right. So, uh, Academy talk in general. Um, do you usually agree with? Academy, like, what do you think of the new changes they've been doing? Uh, <laughs> I'm happy they didn't go with best popular film. Okay. Uh, I don't think that's a good idea at all. I think that's a that's a people's choice award. Mm-hmm. That's some that's like they're just really reaching for something. Because if they did that, then things like Black Panther and Bohemian Rhapsody wouldn't have been nominated for best picture. They would have been put in best uh, best popular film. Yeah, I think there's a version of where <laughs> this works. One of our friends, Nico, suggested that. Instead of popular film, it's most relevant film in pop culture. Where, so, okay, yeah, maybe Black Panther or Infinity Wars is not, like, the best movie. But there's no denying that those are the movies that are going to be shown to your younger kids. Or, like, if you're over with your uncle who's really into films or something, he's like, this is the film you got to watch and stuff. Like, maybe he's probably going to show you those films rather than... If Bill Street could talk or something, you know? <laughs> I don't know. I've got a really hip uncle. <laughs> uh, what do you think of that? Where it's like, all right, this isn't the best picture, but this is the most popular film in pop culture. I think it's a, a good idea in theory, but then you're putting the whole pressure on the Academy to be the one to decide what pop culture, like, gets. Okay, that's true. So, like, I do, I think it's a really, a really good idea because there should be an award, like, something to recognize what defined a year in movies, even if it wasn't the best movie or if it's not part of the Academy's taste. Right. Where you acknowledge that this was there. But should it be the Academy to decide what's the most relevant? I mean, you could just go to Box Office Mojo, see what was the most <laughs> profitable movie, and be like, all right, was this film influencing the young ones? Like, yeah. Or are you just saying, like, you know, Deadpool 2 winning Academy Awards? Pretty out Pretty fun. <laughs> So that's my, that's my thought on popular film. Okay. Yeah. One other thing I want to talk about. So Black Panther is like, I think the first superhero movie that's nominated and stuff. Should have been The Dark Knight, but whatever. That's exactly what I'm asking. What do you think of the comparison between Dark Knight and Black Panther? Like, uh, hot takes for many people. Maybe even a former guest saga. <laughs> uh, the Dark Knight is beyond superior to Black Panther. Okay. Black Panther is, is a really good movie. It's it's almost cracked my top ten. It's really good. But it's it's very formulaic, very much if it didn't have the cultural context of itself, it would just be a generic superhero movie, but because it like because Ryan Coogler and his co writer knew exactly how to like make the characters a certain way, it it stretched beyond its generic origins. The Dark Knight, on the other hand, took generic uh, uh, genre like the heist movie and just totally revamped it with a superhero on top of it and it was barely even superhero it was just like additional technology Mm -hmm. villain was psychotic but somehow still like relatable and cool and like the Dark Knight is is so much so superior to Black Panther that it should have been nominated also Dark Knight was nominated for more awards at the Academy Awards than Black Panther but Best Picture was not one of them Well, because that's originally why they did ten films instead of five. Yeah. Because they're like, well, I mean, you know, Dark Knight should have been in there. I mean, does anybody remember The Reader? Can you tell me anything about the movie The Reader? Uh, How about Frost Nixon? 
anything about those? I, I mean, I could. Uh, the reader has Kate Blanchett reading a book in a hot tub with Leo DiCaprio, right? Nope. That oh. one was Revolutionary Road. Oh, okay. Also, that's yeah, Kate Winslet. Ah, sorry. Yep. Uh, what was it? Frost Nixon? It's Nixon being interviewed by a guy named Frost. <laughs> by Jack Frost. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just saying, like, The Dark Knight... It's, well, that's also what I'm saying in most influential and in pop culture. is like, yes, The Dark Knight is definitely going to be watched way more than The Reader. Yeah, but that's, but that's why I think it shouldn't. there shouldn't be a category for most relevant. It should, yeah. it should just be in Best Picture. Yeah. Now, I probably would agree with you that I think The Dark Knight is better than Black Panther. I still think Black Panther is really good and everything. Mm-hmm. As a, a bias, because The Dark Knight is like the movie that made me want to do movies. Ah. So... I, I, I do have a little bit of a bias there. Okay. Well, I feel like Dark Knight came out first and did it first. Like, the having the Joker be Batman's yin and yang, because, like, Black Panther has Killmonger being the yin and yang, and, like, yeah. there is a lot of comparisons to those two leads and everything. But, okay, yeah. cool. That that was something I wanted to bring up. Uh, there's one more thing. It's just the, the Academy this year is supposed to be taking some of the uh, awards out of the telecast and not uh-huh. doing it in commercial mm-hmm. breaks. Yeah. And that really bothers me. I agree. Because, like, there's so, like these, you know, 22-year-old NYU grads made this great short film, and no one's going to listen to their speech that they finally get a moment to shine. And, like, you know, some of these guys move on to do bigger things, but sometimes they don't. Yeah. And this would be, like, this is the perfect moment for them. No, I, I don't like it. I get why they do, they are doing it, but, eh, oh well. Yeah. Oh well. All right, guys, that's it for today. Make sure to come back Thursday where we're talking about our top ten favorite movies and our bottom five least favorite movies. It's going to be a good time. We hope to see you guys there. And, yeah, thank you guys again for listening. See you Thursday.